it got busy in a hurry out there. That weather turned around within the past couple of weeks. We had a little shot of rain in between, but man, there has been a lot of farming going on. A lot of dirt getting turned, a lot of grass getting cut, and now it's planting season. Corn planting, a lot of grass going in, raspberries being planted, potatoes, seed potatoes here in Whatcom County, that's what we do, seed potatoes going in. It's just crazy busy out there on the farms right now. Welcome back. Uh, to the Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop, your host, our sponsors, McAvoy Oil, Laurel Farm and Western Supply, and Farmers Equipment Company. Uh, you do business with any of those folks, please say thank you to them for sponsoring this program, this chance uh, to talk about uh, farming and, and issues uh, that are important to farming here in, in Whatcom and Skagit counties in northwest Washington. Uh, joining me on the phone this morning with CHS Northwest and an agronomist there, Clay Pell. Welcome to the program. And you guys have to be just running like crazy um, there trying to keep every everything going. Yeah, uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, it, it's starting to get that way. It was a, a winter and a spring that we were kind of just sitting around <laughs> and uh, trying our best to get out and um, get face to face with growers and uh, kind of start start checking fields. But <clears throat> well, it it, it kind of seemed like winter up until about two three weeks ago. <laughs> it was like winter, <laughs> yeah. winter, winter. Boom! All of a sudden, go. Well, shoot. Today's not uh, not much of a warm day itself either. But yeah, it it really spawned on us last week with a uh, warm shot of weather and dry. Um, it started to dry up that that bit of rain we had actually, and we got dust flying now. So it's it's taken a turn for the better, and uh, we're starting to see some progress in the fields now. Well, and we're supposed to be seeing sun uh, later today as well and, and a warm weekend and may, maybe a shot of rain a few days out, but still a lot of farming uh, to happen even just in the few days between now and then. So talk about uh, what what's what's happening out there. You guys, I, and for people who don't know, I used to work for CHS Northwest. Well, it wasn't called CHS then. It was called Whatcom Farmers Co-op then. Uh, same company, same folks. Um, based out of Linden, I used to plant corn for them. That's the way I paid paid my way through college, actually. So I'm I'm most familiar with the, the corn planting scene over there. I imagine you guys you got all the rigs out in the field right now. You know, it, it's it's periodically picking up. Today's one of the first days that I think we've got the majority of the planters out running. Um, still, guys are are getting manure out, uh, trying to get the soil worked up. Uh, if you guys are it seems the majority of guys have got uh, a lot of their grass mowed and picked up, um, but it's still a few I think are holding off for uh, hopes of a bit more growth um, and waiting for a few of the wet spots to dry out yet. So let's talk a little bit about that decision-making process. So when, when you put corn in and when, when, when you turn the dirt, I mean, you're talking about people getting grass off for people who aren't familiar with how, and by the way, for, for people who don't know, corn farming in Whatcom County is all about the cows. It's cattle feed. Uh, like 99% of the corn that's grown in the county is, is uh, field corn for cow nutrition, um, not the sweet corn that you're used to, uh, you know, eating on the cob in the summertime. Um, but Clay, there's there's fields out there that had grass on them and they're going into corn so that's part of the decision making process whether it's that relay cover crop 
or or an existing uh, field that's been in sod, and they may take first cutting off of it uh, to get that grass before they put it in corn, right? What, what makes that decision there when, when they decide to do that? Yeah, there, there's a... There's actually a lot uh, that seems to be going into that decision. Um, from the sounds of it around the county, there's quite a few guys that um, are coming up short on on feed. They're they're emptying out their bunkers already, and I think that was due uh, to a, a rough season last year. Um, came short on yields, mm. and so there, there's a few guys that uh, are turning over dirt now um, just to put in a, a short season so they can get it off early and uh, start filling their bunkers with a, a shorter season. Um, a few guys that same thing, but they're wanting to get a bit more grass. So they're, they're thinking they'll take a, a second cutting. Um, <clears throat> beyond that, um, you know, the, the relay cover crop uh, from last year is really spotty throughout the County. Um, and, and we're, we're speculating a couple, <clears throat> a couple possibilities to that, but you know, whether or not they're, they're holding off, uh, like I said, for, for a bit more growth, try to get a few more heat units coming on. So uh, get another, what are those things ahead. that you're thinking as far as why that, that, because I've noticed the same thing. A lot of those, those cornfields, you know, the, the, the relay crop is actually planted at cultivating time, you know, early summer usually, but that grass doesn't really take off until after the corn comes off in the fall time. Sure. Why, why aren't those, those relay crops looking very good this year? Well, you know, I'm not going to say a hundred percent. I'm no scientist. I'm not going to pretend to be. Um, but just from speculation, um, you know, a lot of the crops went in late last year and, and some of the early ones, even, um, when we came in later in the summer, I'd say probably, um, mid to late June to July is when we started going in with some of the, the, uh, interseeding. And by then, you know, we didn't have much for moisture and precipitation. Um, we didn't get that 4th of July rain we normally get. And it really just started to dry up. So <clears throat> any moisture that would have been uh, available in the soil for, for germination to take place, I think, was really lacking quite a bit. Um, you know, the, the guys that did get out and irrigate their fields, you can look down irrigation lanes and see how how incredible that stand is really coming in. Yeah. Um, well, and, 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 and last fall kind of went like this spring did, where it was summer, 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 really dry, really dry, and boom, it was like all of a sudden it was wintertime. <laughs> yeah. Right into yep. a lot of rain and, and wet, which also is an optimal uh, for getting those crops really to get a good stand as they go into dormancy for wintertime. It, exactly. And so there was a, a late window of coming off. And so by the time uh, the corn came off and we had a, a window for, for potential growth, um, from sunlight and warmth, you know, we were hit with cool weather and rain and it just was not optimal conditions at all for, for growth of, of a new cover crop seeding. Um, and, and I think, you know, that, that's what happened. There's talk that, uh, you know, maybe some of the areas that were, were drought, um, or, or the beetle that came in, um, that, that slowed down the growth or, or knocked down areas in fields. Um, potentially opened up for for that sunlight and, and helped with uh, the photosynthesis process and the growth of 
of those um, cover crops. So those are just, like I said, a couple of speculations of, of potentially what's going on, but it is so spotty. Uh, it's really yeah. hard to say well, what is pinpoint. And, th- and that's interesting, you know, with the, the struggles with the relay crop, which, you know, folks figure on for feed in the springtime for that first cut before they, they turn the dirt to put cl- corn back in in a lot of cases. You also talk about yield being down um last year on on crops and what's the scoop you, you mentioned also uh, about this this beetle and, and we heard about that last year this western corn rootworm that actually knocked corn down in some spots you're saying to actually let sunlight in actually help the grass yeah. in some kind of a, a backwards way you know I, I i think it's stunted it um to a point where it some of it was still standing um but I saw a few spots where the, the roots were completely chewed off um, and rotted out. In a few spots where it was so heavy, yeah, it, it knocked the plant um, completely over. And I didn't see a whole lot of that um, going on. Um, but the the beetle, I think, did come in and do some damage. A lot of what we started to see um, in, in the areas I was working was a lot of um silk clipping mm-hmm. and, and I, I think we were able to um overcome that issue and, and a lot of what i believe we saw in the tip back and the smaller ears were more of a um result of, of poor conditions uh for moisture uptake of nutrients um we had a almost a month there of of smoke coverage which uh i, I believe had had a big issue um you know and i I heard same thing with some of the guys in the the berries that uh, they had some some softer fruit and it just didn't finish out and i would link that to uh you know we still had the the heat units um for the most part but the sunshine plays a big role in photosynthesis yep and the, the the growth and process of um plant growth and so that that month was a crucial period in in the growth cycle of uh corn especially um and so I think that's where we saw a lot of the lack of yields. So, and so no- you think that it, that's a lot more than than insect damage or different things like that? It's probably the dry and and the smoke and and different factors like that. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Clay Pell with us right now on the Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Uh, Clay Pell, an agronomist with CHS Northwest. Um, so now that decision making time is on as, as we're into planting season. And, and another question, you know, how, how the relay crop comes off. If you want to get one or try to squeak out a second cutting off of grass, if you're then going to turn that dirt and plant corn in it. Another part of the, the question is how dry is the dirt and can you get on it i would assume i mean there's some fields like you say that are dust right now some that are still partially underwater um as they still wait for things to dry out and obviously you can't go in and and turn a bunch of muck and expect anything good to come out of it um but then also a question about uh, what kind of corn you want to put in what uh, how many days to maturity uh what are you guys seeing people do this year as far as that a little bit later start um are people going for the long day corn trying to get that in quick or are they going to go with a shorter day corn and maybe try to get some more grass off and is that the trade-off uh yeah so you know i I actually just met with uh fred lickle uh the other day and, and he wanted to look at some some planting dates so i i went back to review those um and that was for a different situation um, but I went back to review those over the last decade, and um, you know we had a, a year where our plantings were close to the fifteenth, twentieth of April. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I'd say we're still right in that window of um, the first week of May has been pretty consistent uh, for new plantings um, for corn. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think we're still in a good window. We've the last few years, we've really pushed um, for a, a, a mid 90 to 93 day um, corn. Um, the longer but, longer day corn is likely to uh, yield higher, right? You, you're generally uh, general rule of thumb is you're always going to get a higher yield from a longer season corn. Um, and, and I know it, you know with weather we've had in the past historically, um, you know traditionally pretty wet. Um, there's been some question as to whether or not you'd actually get to finish out, but uh, the weather we've had the last few years has been pretty optimal for for getting you know a 90 to 93 95 day corn in well that's the gamble you get a longer day corn in if you you know the earlier you can plant the better it is for that because it's it's that many days until that corn becomes mature and is really at the right point for for harvest for chopping in the fall time and if you get a long day corn in too late you know the conditions in the fall may not uh be so agreeable to actually get that whole crop off so it's a little bit of a gamble on on both ends um what about um i know there are concerns we talked about the western corn rootworm uh this county's been dealing with wireworm now for what 15 20 years i remember that was just starting to be an issue back when i was planting corn there um and and some other insect pressures what are you guys doing about that this year um on the planting side of it are there some preventative measures being taken yeah um you know, so we, we met with a couple of our uh, providers or our, our vendors um, to see what they had available um, in a day length um, that would work in our area that, that has been genetically um, found to have a, a rootwort trait. Right. Or, um, or at least like, like a BT corn or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, a stacked corn um, developed to have a stacked corn uh, rootworm trait. And so we you know, trying to take into consideration those issues and the the issues of where we're at with milk prices right now. Um, you know, finding a, a stack traded corn is that's reasonably priced is is fairly difficult. Um, but we were, we were able to find a couple um, that we wanted to bring in that uh, hopefully would be economically um, practical in, in our industry here. And uh, so those are a couple options that we've we've provided. Um, unfortunately those traits are only for the rootworm um and and below ground hmm. so you're you're not going to have that protection against the the wireworm and some phylums that we've been finding here uh the last few years that uh seem to notoriously be an issue um i think we've probably had the beetle here for a while and and nobody's really either paid attention to it seriously or or known what it was or, or the vast array of damage that it's caused yeah. Well, those um, populations can build over time and, and suddenly explode. It's kind of an exponential um, growth in populations that you can see when, you know, each one of them can lay a certain number of eggs. And for, you know, a few generations, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they don't really, be, they aren't really an issue until all of a sudden, boom, there's millions of them out there. Exactly. Um, what about the overwintering issue with all of these bugs too? I mean, I've heard different things. Some bugs, it's a uh, hard winter kills them. Some other bugs, you know, a, a cold winter actually helps more of them hatch. Yeah, I've heard a few of the same things. And again, you know, in, in the past, we've either we've had cold winters, we've had mild winters. And 
Um, it either killed them off or they overwintered. But then in, in, you know, late winter, we'd always get another cold snap. And I think you'd, you'd get the, uh, you know, the hatchings to come out and you get a cold snap that would knock some of the population back. But we, we haven't had that. Um, and we're starting to see um, a fairly high number of aphids and mites mm. starting to come on already. Um, and so we're just kind of watching that carefully to see what's going to happen. Um, in regard to the corn rootworm beetle, yeah, each female can lay potentially up to um, a thousand eggs. Wow. Uh, so, that's yeah, lot. that's huge exponential growth. Um, and it's... It, it can become a tough battle, and each of those um, eggs will hatch and progress through several instars and uh, emerge out of the soil for a four- to six-week span. Um, so trying to target that window of, of when to manage that problem and, and what's that threshold, is it, it's a big deal now. So what what about uh, in-furrow you know, crop protection products, too? I know that's been a deal for quite a while as, as people, growers in the county, have battled rootworm. Um, I understand some of that stuff can help with some of these other pests, too. Yeah, so like I said, you know, the stacked corn, um, you're, you're really, um, it's going to be a below ground and it's targeting uh, the rootworm only. Um, there, there's some chemistries out there that, uh, are, are available. You can get them in a liquid, you can get them in a granular. Um, and, and I think you're going to have, you know, secondary protection against, uh, the rootworm and, and absolutely against the, the wireworm and some phylons. And, and that all comes down to a, a choice of the grower and communication between the grower and his consultant. On, on what direction they want to go, what economical um, feasibility is there. And, um, you know, it, did they see a lot of pressure last year? Do, do they want to, do they want to put forth that uh, extra dollar, that insurance to, to cover them? Or do they feel comfortable last year on, on where they're at? And, and how's their future forecast for um, yields and, and milk price looking? Uh, yeah, I think this conversation has illustrated uh, all of the different factors that people are weighing right now. Planning season is when, again, so many of these de decisions need to be made on how wet is your soil? What kind of timing do we have with the weather? What's going on with the bugs? What kind of products do we put on? Which varieties do we go with? How many cuttings of grass do we want to take? Um, and then on top of that, the economics, you know, this is for, for cow feed, uh, for the dairy industry here locally. How are price is doing what can we actually afford we don't want to overextend ourselves yet we don't want to be short on feed going there's so much that goes into this right now and that's what uh, these producers these growers are, are dealing with and, and folks like yourself uh, working through some of those decisions with them clay pell uh, agronomist with uh, with chs northwest thanks for your time we appreciate it i'm sure things are busy we didn't even have time this morning to to get into all the other things the spuds the berries etc but I know those folks are going crazy too, and they have a lot of similar decisions to make. These kind of complicated, uh, uh, this kind of matrix of of data that they have to go through uh, to decide what they're actually going to do in the field. Clay, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. You bet, Dylan. Thank you.